In chapter 1 and verse 11, we left off um, there this morning, but I want to read two verses. The Bible said uh, this doctrine and this laying out of the ministry of Paul to Timothy about a a pastor and and what he's to do as a minister of the gospel. And he lays all this stuff out that we've been talking about, the end of commandments, charity, of a pure heart and a good conscience, faith unfeigned, warns him about getting uh, led off onto vain jangling and and questioning and all this stuff that doesn't benefit people. Warned him about uh, uh, the affirmation of what he was preaching, the affirmation of what he was teaching, not to get into this here Bible correcting business. But then he comes down in verse 11, he says, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, I thank God, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Now, there's several things I would like to preach on sometime, maybe in the coming weeks in verse number 12. But there's two things I want to, I want to tell you what leaped out at me this, this evening. And that's in verse number 11, the last four words, committed to my trust. Committed to my trust. I want to preach tonight a message on, are you trustworthy or are you treacherous? Are we trustworthy or are we treacherous? One of the great curses on America now is that there's no trust. The general condition of the hearts of American people is you can't trust anybody. Even if they sign a contract and everything else, they just can't trust. And I mean, and it runs through all the realms of life from the home to the business to government right on down even into church. And I just sat there and I kept reading that, which was committed to my trust, which was committed to my trust. And I said, I said, it's amazing. God committed the gospel to Paul's trust. And I want to tell you something, that's a high trust. That is a high trust. I want to, before we pray, there there was a man uh, in recent years, I'd say last 20 years, been a lot of uh, re-interest in World War II. A man was interviewed about his... uh, stint in World War II, and he had been uh, different things, been a lot of things. And they asked him one of the final questions was, what is the thing you're most proud about or maybe most thankful for about in your whole experience having been a soldier on foreign soil and come back to America? And the answer he gave to me was astounding, and I will hopefully not forget to tell you at the end of the message. Lord, we thank you that you're a God we can trust. That, Lord, though everything around us blows apart, you are trustworthy. And, Lord, really tonight at my stage in life, I really honestly don't feel like I have any problem. I just trust you implicitly, Lord. Your word's your word. You said what you said, and I believe it. And I trust you. I trust you with my eternal soul. I trust you, Lord, that faith in Christ, death, burial, and resurrection is sufficient for salvation as you save us through faith by grace in the redemption and sacrificial and substitutionary work of your son, Jesus Christ. I trust you, Lord, about breakfast tomorrow, about the air I breathe, about our life. But, Lord, the thing that blows me away is that you would trust us. And, Lord, the question to my heart tonight is, am I trustworthy to you? Could you trust me with anything? And I just ask God tonight that you would help us as a body of believers, that we would look at this issue that there was a man here whom you committed the trust of the gospel to. And God, that we would be a people that you could trust, that other people could trust, that our spouses could trust, that our parents could trust, that our children could trust, that we would be Christian people. Lord, if there's anything that ought ought to become Christianity, is that we are people that could be trusted. God, restore to us 
the principle of biblical trust as part of our walk with Christ and our experience of faith. God, help me tonight. I really, 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 Lord, need your help tonight. I just seem like, Lord, I'm like Solomon said, I don't know how to come in or to go out. But God, if you'll help me. And Holy Spirit, if you'll speak to the hearts and minds of these people while I preach outwardly, I believe, Lord, some lasting good would be done tonight. For your glory's sake, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians 4.2, the Bible says it's required of stewards, stewards not to be eloquent, not to be intellectual, not to be talented, not to be gifted, but to be faithful. The greatest thing that you and I will ever be is faithful, and faithfulness involves trust. Faithfulness involves being able for someone or somebody to be able to trust us. Ministry and preaching and pastoring is a trust, according to the Bible here, that's committed to us by God. To be honest with you, Brother Phil, when I read that, and I said, Lord, I, I don't see where you could trust me. I don't even trust my own heart. I don't trust myself. But yet God has to place the trust of the gospel. And the primary here thing is that he said, Paul was trusted that he would not pervert the gospel or corrupt the gospel or, you know, mess it up or twist it up. And of course, that's being done all over. And I want to say this night, and those of you men who are preachers or think God's called you to preach, whatever you do, let's be men that God can entrust the preaching of the gospel to. Men who will speak the truth from God's word with the authority of God's word, but we won't twist it around and mess around. You know, you know why people are lost in Jehovah Witnessism, Mormonism, Catholicism, because they trusted somebody. Don't, you don't trust the Pope. He's not telling you the truth. You don't trust Joe Smith. He didn't tell you the truth. And there's a, every, by the way, everything in life revolves around trust. Everything revol- I want to ask you a question before I get going on this message tonight. If you had to be gone from your wife for a year, can she trust you? If you had to be gone with your wife here, can you trust her? If you told your kids, kids, we're going on a vacation, take care of things while we're gone, can your parents trust you while they're, while, while, while they're gone? Can you trust your parents? <clears throat> can we trust each other? Trust is such a powerful, powerful part of, of life, and it's, it's part of Christianity. It's a trembling thought to be committed to trust. And I want to ask you this tonight. To be honest with you, if I would have looked at Paul before he was saved, I would have said, boy, you can trust that guy. He's a man killing Christians. He's a man just, you know, terrorizing the church. But God saw something in that man when he saved him that he could commit him to trust. I want to get, you, while I'm preaching, I want you to think about this. What could God trust with me? And one reason your life may not be the fulfilling thing that you'd like for it to be is because, in all honesty, God can't trust you. And so I want us to think about these things. I want you to go to 1 Kings, and I want to show you the danger of mistrust. And in 1 Kings chapter 13, and I'm just going to, like I say, man, I, I just took off on this thing. And, and uh, so we're going to look at several passages of Scripture and get into Matthew just a little bit. But I want to read a story here about 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Um, 1, Corinthians, 1 Kings chapter 13. Well, that's a long way from one another, isn't it? I'll give you just a second to get there. 1, Corinthians, 1 Kings chapter 13. 1 Kings chapter 13. Everybody there say amen. amen. 
That sounds pretty good. Let's go. And behold, there came a man of God. Now look at that. Came a man of God out of Judah by the words of the Lord unto Bethel. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And he cried against the altar and the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, behold, a child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name. By the way, you talk about prophecy ahead of time. Josiah wasn't even born yet, wasn't even thought about. And his prophet prophesied to be a boy born to that and said what he would do. And upon thee shall he offer the priest of the high places. That's by the way, that happened in 2 Kings chapter 23. That was fulfilled. <clears throat> he said, he'll burn the incense upon thee and men's bones shall be burned upon thee. And he gave a sign the same day saying, this is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent and the ashes that are on it shall be poured out. And it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God. By the way, that's what, that's what a preacher ought to be. Amen. Amen. That's, what, that's what a Christian man ought to be as a man of God. Which had cried against the altar in Bethel that he put forth his hands to the altar saying, lay hold on him and his hand which he put forth against him dried up. Now, Jeroboam reached out. He was going to stop. He didn't like the prophecy of this man. He reached out. Well, God dried his hand up so he could not pull it into him again. The altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God. Pray for me that my hand may be restored unto me again. And the man of God besought the Lord, and the king's hand restored him again, and it became as it was before. And the king said unto the man of God, Boy, God just keeps calling him the man of God, the man of God, the man of God. But I want you to keep this in mind. God repeatedly calls this. In fact, I know at least eight times in this chapter, he calls him the man of God. He said, uh, and the king said unto the man of God, come home with me and refresh thyself and I'll give thee a reward. Verse number eight, the man of God said unto the king, if thou give me half thine house, I will not go in with thee. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so it was charged me by the word of the Lord. Keep this in mind. It was charged him by the word of the Lord saying, eat no bread nor drink water nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. Now watch verse 11. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel. And his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. And the words which he had spoken in the king, them they told also to their father. And their father said unto him, what way went he? And the sons seen what way the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his sons, saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass and he rode thereon and went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. And that was his first mistake. God said, you get there and you get back. Don't eat, don't drink, don't rest, don't do anything. You get back. And he said unto him, art thou? And so the old prophet says unto this guy, he says, art thou the man of God that came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return unto thee, nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water from thee, uh, with thee in this place. For it has been said to me by the word of the Lord, that thou shalt eat no bread nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. And he said unto him, now watch this. I am a prophet also as thou art. And an angel spake by me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. And tell me what the rest of the verse says. But he lied unto him. Now I want to tell you something, what happened here tonight. This man of God put trust in this, what this old prophet said. Are you listening to me? If you read the rest of the story, we're not going to take time to read it. But because he did that and disobeyed the word of the Lord, a lion killed him. And this, man, this old prophet went there, got him, buried him, and told his boys to bury him with him. It's a stupid, I mean, it's just, it's just a crazy story. But here's what, here's what I want to get to tonight. The danger of, of misplaced trust. Here's a man of God who went and did everything God told him to do, was offered riches, turned that away. And said, God's told me what i got to do, and I'm going to go do it. Here comes this guy and says, an angel. You take that to the New Testament. Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. No marvel. 
the Bible talks about. And it doesn't make any difference what anybody else says or, or their credentials. And here's the deal about it. This, this old prophet wanted him to trust him. And he trusted him. Misplaced trust will get you in trouble. Let me just say something to you young ladies tonight. The fact that you may be lonely and the fact that you desire affection will get you set up for misplaced trust. And some idiot will get you, get you to trust him and he ain't worth a dime. Trust is one of the major issues you're dealing with every day. The fact that he trusted this man, who was supposed to be a prophet, got him killed and caused him to disobey the word of God. By the way, there's a lot of deeper stuff to that. Sometimes you wonder, well, he did all these right things for God and he did this one thing wrong. And God, you know, I'm going to tell you something. It's a different playing field for the child of God than it is for the lost man. You just asked David about that. Anyway, now he lied unto him. People will lie to you. He told him a line of nonsense and he trusted him. It's important who you trust. But here's the question I want to ask. Can God trust us? Can God trust us? Paul said that he committed, God committed the gospel to his trust. I want to ask you tonight, if God's called you to preach, God's called you to ministry, can he trust you with it? Can he trust you with it? If God's called you to serve him in some manner, can he honestly trust you with it? I'm going to tell you something I found out. I am not a good discerner of people's, the interpersonal people. I'm not. I've been fooled so many times. There are people, there are men that I thought I would, if I, boy, if I wanted anybody in a foxhole with me, I'd want that guy right there. Turned out, it would have been a mistake. I don't see through that thing as near as well as other people do. Now, I want us to go to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 4. I'm talking about treason tonight. I'm talking about trustworthy. Matthew chapter 24. And of course, if I was to talk about treason or treachery or so forth, this person would come into contact with your mind immediately almost. 24 and verse number 10. God said one of the characteristics of the end time in verse 10, many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. God says as it approaches the second coming of Jesus Christ, you're going to see more and more people betray one another. Go to Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 16. Matthew 26 and verse number 16. The Bible said, and from that time he saw opportunity to betray him. This was Judas betraying the Lord Jesus Christ. Judas was the treasure. Judas was with him three and a half years. He was with him all the time. And yet he could not be trusted. He could not be trusted. You go to Matthew chapter uh, 26 and go to verse number 21. And as he did eat, he said, Verily I say unto that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful and began every one of them to say, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, Is he that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. And the Son of Man goeth as written to him, but woe unto him that by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. That is a powerful statement about betrayal. Listen to me. I'm not just talking. We, we, we want to just kind of like shoot Judas over here. But the truth about it is, if we're not careful, we're betraying God. We're having trust in place to us, and we betray that trust. And we're treacherous and treasonous to God Almighty himself. I want to say to you, when you leave this old authorized version, you committed treason against God. I don't care what anybody says. You have betrayed that trust that God put in your heart, put in your mind, put in your life, and you betray that trust. There's a trust that God has given to us in every realm of life. If you go up to chapter 40, uh, same chapter in verse number 46, Jesus said after prayer there, rise, let us be going. Behold, he that is, is at hand that betrayeth me. And you find out what happened. I want to ask something. Betrayal and the lack 
of being trustworthy will mess your heart and mess your mind up. It'll mess you up. Let me tell you something. Judas betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. He could not be trusted. In fact, he was stealing. The Bible said he was a thief. He was stealing the offerings that were being brought in. And I'm telling you something. He couldn't live with himself after it was all over with. Are you listening to me tonight? This is an important subject. God mentioned it about Timothy. God mentioned it about the ministry. <laughs> whether we're in the ministry or whether you're a father or a mother or an employee or whatever it is or a business person, trust out here is everything. And I want to say this tonight. When trust is broken, it's nearly impossible to ever get it back. There may be a certain level of restoration, but there's always that casting of doubt about the person. Can I really trust them? You go in, uh, uh, there's all through the Gospels you have there about Judas and you have about Jesus talking about men will betray one another. In fact, when Paul in 1 Corinthians talked about the Lord's Supper, he said in the night that Judas betrayed, when our Lord was betrayed by Judas, he brings that up. I'm telling you something. It is a serious thing to not be a trustworthy person. I want to ask you again, all the young people in this church, if your mom and dad said, we're going to be gone for a week, kids, need to take care of this, take care of this, can you be trusted not to pull a big one when they're gone? You need to ask yourself that. Could, could you be trusted? I want to ask you another thing. You ask a man's father, I'd like to date your daughter. I'd like to, like to court your daughter. Can that father trust you with his daughter when you drive out the driveway? That's a good question to ask. And the daughter ought to ask herself, can I be trusted apart with this? Can I be trusted with this boy away from my parents? Trust is everything. Let me tell you why it's everything. Our salvation is based on trust in Christ. If Christ is not who he says he is and does not do what he said, he's broken trust with us and he's nobody. He's not God at all. Trust is everything in your life. Let me just think about this. Did you know that David betrayed trust whenever he committed sin? That was his problem. David had trust committed to him by his soldiers. And he violated that trust. That's what got him. That's what got him. That's what made all the people turn against him. He, he violated the trust of Uriah. He violated the trust of the nation of the people. He violated the trust of his family. When you violate that trust, you've, you've damaged your goods, I'm telling you. You want to think about this thing. Joab called Abner over. Hey, I want to talk to you. And he pulled a knife out of the left side and stabbed him up through the fifth rib. Violated that trust. Hey, come over here. I want to talk to you. All through the Bible, you see Samson, Delilah got him to trust her. You got to be careful who you put your trust in. But the big question tonight is not so much that is, can I be trusted? Can we be trusted as people of God? Moses had men who betrayed their trust to him. I want you to take your Bibles to the last book in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. I want to show you one of the greatest areas of trust there is, and we'll move in on this. Malachi chapter 2. Malachi chapter 2. <coughs> God here is condemning Israel. He's talking to Israel about all of their sins and all the stuff that they were doing, all the stuff that was wrong. And when he comes into one of the things in chapter 2, here's what it was. He said that verse number 11, 
He said, uh, well, let's go to verse number 10. Have we not all one father? Have not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother by profaning the covenant of our fathers? Judah hath dealt treacherously and an abomination is committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. Judah hath profaned the holiness of the Lord, which he loved, and married the daughter of a strange God. He said, you've committed treachery when you left me and you abandoned the God of the Bible, the God of creation, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you chased after this stuff. You're committing treachery and you can Cannot be trusted. Now watch verse number 12. The Lord will cut off the man that doeth this, the master and the scholar out of the tabernacle of Jacob, and him that offer the offering of the Lord of hosts. This have ye done. Covered the altar with, of the Lord with tears and weeping and crying out, insomuch that he guardeth it not, the offering he won't receive. He said, You cried and snotted and everything because you got yourself in a mess, but he said, You've never really repented. He said, You're still not trustworthy. Now look what he says in verse number 14. He said, Yet ye say, Wherefore? Because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. This is an area that God is super concerned about and that is not being treacherous to your spouse. And he said one of the sins of this nation that got you where you're at was that you you dealt treacherously against the wife that you said until death do us part. You said uh, 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 all others. How's the vows go? I don't know if anybody will know. Uh, Forsaking all others and cleaving only unto her till you both shall die. And then we don't do that. And God says you're dealing treacherously. You cannot be trusted. Again, I'm going to ask the question. If you had to be gone for a year, could your wife trust you? Could your wife trust you? The Bible talks about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul talked about that God had committed the gospel to his trust. In 1 Corinthians 9, he talks about it. Biblical Christianity, and here's what I want to get to tonight. Let's, let's, here's what I want to go with this thing. I know without question that biblical Christianity will produce people that can be trusted. Now, I'm not saying trust in people like you do God. Now, I'm going to tell you, I have a hard time trusting anybody. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm just... I, you know, I want to be friendly. I love people. I like people. But I don't trust people. And don't, you don't want to put a level of trust in people that if they violate your trust, it blows your world apart. Your trust needs to be in God. Your trust is not going to get violated there. Don't, the Bible says trust not in princes. But do you agree that Christian people ought to be able to be trusted? If you say you'll do something, you'll do it. That you won't betray, you won't act treacherously. The biblical Christianity will produce, and, and I'm just going to be honest with you, this is what I want in this church. I want it in my heart. I want it in my life. I want to be th- that trust that's been committed to me. I want it to be there. Yes. Now, I realize it's by the grace of God. Paul said, but God committed the gospel to me. He said he committed it to my trust. Sometimes, in long in the way of life, and it wouldn't be surprising, even some of you will have this, you'll have somebody who has an estate, and they'll put you in charge of it when they die. And they're trusting you. You see these, they'll say, it'll say, bank and trust. What are they talking about? You can put your money in here, and you can trust us that we'll take care of your money, and if, you know, we won't rob you or whatever. Okay. A lot of people after the Depression, the banks closed up. They went to get their money. They couldn't get their money out. That's why a lot of banks call themselves blah, blah, blah and trust. Because you put your money in there and it's a trust. Okay. 
I'm telling you right now, trust is a huge, huge matter. And the lack of the ability to trust Christian people, I'm telling you right now, people have a low opinion of preachers. Why? Because preachers have violated the trust that, that, that God had put in them. And when that happens, it damages the name of Christ. We need to be a people of trust. Now, here's the deal. Satan's goal, now keep this in mind, is to get you and I to violate the trust that's been committed to us by God. The truth about it is tonight, yes, Paul was committed the trust of the gospel. But all of us have been committed a trust by God in one way or another. What Satan wants to do is get you to violate the trust that God has committed to you. And when you do that, you're going to hurt a lot of people, and the name of God is going to be blasphemed. I'm going to say again, when trust is broken, don't expect to ever, I'm just being honest with you. Somebody says it's like broken glass. You might get it back together, but it'll never be the same. If you've you've broken trust, you just need to accept that. Don't go around saying, well, they just, you know, act like they can't trust me. Well, maybe there's a reason they can't trust you. Okay. But here's one of the things. It blasts through God. Can God trust you again? Can God trust you as a spouse? Can God, uh, can children trust you? Can your spouse trust you? Can your parent trust you as children? Can your employee trust you as an employer? Can the employer trust his employees? Can a customer trust you? You say you'll do thus and thus. Can he honestly trust you? Trust is the issue. You know what? The two, when we talk about good works in the, in the New Testament, glorify your Father which is in heaven by your good works. Trust is one of the good works that will glorify God. When you do right and when you do by what, by right and do what you said you would do, even if it's going to cost you money, even if it's very, very hard, he that's, watch this, he that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not, the Bible says. I want to ask you some things now. What has God committed to, your, to our trust, to your trust? Well, I want to say, first of all, he has committed the faith to our trust. Are you, is that faith that God committed to you, is it being transferred to your children? Is it being passed on to the next generation? Have you kept the faith? Did God, God's entrusted you with it? What are we doing with it? I, I, it saddens my heart in America. God entrusted this nation with the word of God, the gospel, the Bible, the truth of God's word. We've just blown it. Other nations don't trust us. You ought to read what uh, Vladimir Putin says about America. I mean, anybody, anybody read his stuff, how he's working the American, Soviet Union over there? He says that Here's, here's the whole take of the Soviet Union right now about America, is that when, they, when Reagan went over there, they claim, and, and he kept influencing them to get rid of communism and blah, 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 and all that stuff, that we made all these promises about NATO, made all these promises about helping him economically and so forth, and we didn't keep our promises, and Americans cannot be trusted, and, peop- and capitalists can't be trusted, and all this kind of stuff. And that's how he uses it. And he's got this big line of nonsense, and most of it's lies, but he's just told the, the, that the, the Soviet Union people that because the condition they're in is because of us violating our trust. Violation of trust is very, very critical. And by the way, you need to be able to prove that you've not violated your trust. What has God committed your trust? The ministry? 
When I think about it here, boy, I tell you what, I'm, I'm honest with you, it, it still, right now while I'm preaching, it just humbles me. It just it staggers me, kind of, the trust that God has placed in me. And the farther you get going, the farther you go along, the more Satan wants you to get you to violate his trust. Yes. Violate the trust that God entrusted you, the things that God entrusted you. Has God entrusted you with a spouse? Has God entrusted you with children? Children are a great trust. He, God said about Abraham, I know him, that he will command his children after him to do the work of the ways of the Lord. God said, I can trust Abraham. He's going to raise his kids for God. Can you be trusted in the raising of your children? Can you be trusted with possessions? Or will possessions cause you to get away from God? Can you be trusted with position? I, just this week, I'm going to tell you, we had 13 Republicans, congressmen, that voted with the Democrats when this new bill, this one-something trillion dollar bill up there, $1.7 trillion bill, which is nothing more than a socialistic package to destroy your freedom and steal your taxes. You say, well, how in the world did they get 13 Republicans to break trust? I can promise you this, and I wasn't there and I'll probably never be there on the judgment day, but Nancy Pelosi promised those men something for their districts that they thought would keep them elected. She handed them candy out of that bill. One billion, two billion, four billion dollars. That's nothing out of a trillion. And handed that, and that's how you buy a congressman off, is by promising, well, you vote for this bill, we'll stick this in there for you. And they violated their trust. Can you be trusted with an estate? Somebody handed you a statement. You're supposed to take care of the will. Can you be trusted to do exactly what they say? I got a letter in the mail one day from a man who used to, him and his wife went to church here. They'd deceased and it'd been many months, maybe a year, year and a half. I got a letter in the mail from a lawyer out in Springfield. And it literally said right there, it said, this money's to be used for Liberty Faith Church ministry in whatever way Reg Kelly determines. Trust. I want to tell you something. That'll, that'll make you tremble. And I ask you know, and, and I'm I'm very very careful how that money's spent. I'll just tell you. Make sure that it's you know it's taken care of and so forth like that. But somebody you know, I'm going to tell you something. People are looking for people to trust. But trust has to be earned. If there's anything, one thing I'll tell you young boys here, be a man of trust. Let it be known that you are, are who you say you are and that you can be trusted with other people's property and you'll take care of it. You will do what you said you would do and, and they could leave their farm in your trust. It'd be all right. You'd do what they said to do. Well, some people, they're so untrustworthy, you, can't, you, you, you don't even trust leaving your dog with them. <laughs> God's committed to this this level of trust in direct correlation to the level of love for God. You say, Reggie, what, what drives trust? Let me tell you what drives trust, what it causes you to be. Trust is simple. If you love God, love other people, you can be trustworthy. Love is what, is what establishes trust. You won't do to people things that you wouldn't want done to yourself if you love them. Love is the basis of your own internal trust. Paul loved God. God knew he could trust him with the gospel. I'm going to say to this church tonight, God has committed to this church the Bible. 
And he's committed the Bible to churches across America, and, people, and churches have violated that trust. They poked holes in people's trust in God Almighty. He's entrusted us with the gospel to get the gospel out to people across this area. God is looking for people he can trust. I'm going to, tell you, I, to be honest with you tonight, this whole thing just goes through my mind and my heart like this because I see it in action. God, the Bible says, he, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking those whose hearts are turned perfect toward him. You know what I mean? He can trust you. To show himself strong on their behalf. God wants to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that work in us. You know what one of those powers is? The power of trust. We need to be a people of trust. We, God has entrusted the whole counsel of God. God has entrusted us to be an example publicly in business and in the private sector. God has entrusted sound, entrusted sound doctrine to us. Out of this church needs to come sound doctrine. Amen. Right living. Doing what's right, truth and righteousness. And out of this church, God has entrusted us to proclaim his grace and his mercy and his truth to this country. God, can God depend on you and I? Can he commit things to our trust? I know that night I've not probably done a very good job, but I was telling you the first thought about this man. They ask about what you're proud of, most proud of or thankful about your World War II experience. And he said this. The thing that I'm most proud of and most thankful is that my wife and I were faithful to each other for two and a half years while we didn't get to see each other. And they said, was it hard? He said, when all your buddies are going down to the whorehouses. And he said, listen to me. He said, our boat docked at Panama Canal. He said, they throwed the gangplank down, told us we was on leave for I forget how many hours. He said, on both sides of that gangplank down to the ground were prostitutes saying and alluring with the most ungodly talk you've ever heard in your life. And he said, your buddies are saying, come on, come on, come on, come on. And he said, my mind kept going back. Would I want my wife to do what I'm being tempted to do? Trust. I want to tell you tonight, you want your marriage to be better? Trust. Be a person of trust. You want your family life to be better? You want your relationship better with your mom and dad? Be a young person of trust. You want to have a ministry that counts? It doesn't matter what everybody's saying, all the accusations, all the junk. Just be a man of trust. Be a woman of trust. I wonder how many people here tonight say, you know what? Down in my heart, in the deepest part of my heart, I would like to be a person that God could trust. Because if I would be a person that God can trust, maybe I can be a person that somebody else can trust. I want us to bow our heads together. Across America tonight in the world, people are trusting Darwinism, Marxism, Aristotle, evolution. And the worst part about it is they're trusting their own messed up minds. First of all, tonight I'd like to say this. David said, I don't even know how many times, but you want to have a good time in the Bible? Find out how many times David said, trust in the Lord. 
how he talked about his trust in God. But if you want some peace tomorrow, you want confidence and courage in the storms of life, be someone that God can trust. Be someone that your spouse can trust. Be someone that your parents can trust. Be somebody your children can trust. Be somebody that your employees can trust will do right. Be an employee who your employer knows, I can trust that man. How'd you like to work somewhere where you could trust everybody? Wouldn't that be marvelous? And you know what? How would it be to be in a church where you could trust people? Trust them to be your friend when you've sinned and messed up. Trust them to still love you. Trust them to care, have compassion. Trust them to pray for you when you need prayer. Trust them to still love you when you've done that which you thought you'd never do. You know, I don't understand why people want to trust some flimsy, self-imposed philosophy of life that, well, I'm just going to die and there's no afterlife. If you're listening to me tonight online, you're listening to me in this auditorium tonight, I want to tell you this much. We are all humans and we're not very trustworthy, but there's one I found Every morning of my life, got up, he's trustworthy. His name is Jesus Christ. And he has never left me nor forsaken me. And that old song says, only trust him. Only trust him. Maybe here tonight you're going through a difficult time of sickness. Maybe a time of financial stress. I, I don't maybe family stress. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you a lot of times in life, there's nothing you can do but trust him. You can't figure it out. You can't explain it. You can run it through your mind a thousand times. You can't figure it out. But you can trust him. You can trust the Lord. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me just tell you, he's the only thing and the only one that you can trust for salvation. He alone saves. And I want to invite you right now to pray to God And say, God, I want to put my trust in Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. I want to put my trust in his blood for the salvation of my soul. You're going to spend eternity somewhere. What are you trusting when you die? Who are you trusting when you die? Trusting the spider webs of evolution and Darwinism and Marxism and self-righteousness? There's only one place you can trust, the rock of ages, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm so glad tonight that I have a rock that I can trust. And you can have that rock tonight. I encourage you right now, wherever you are, oh God, tonight, I've trusted in this and that and the other. Don't trust your own righteousness. It won't get you nowhere. Don't trust your intellect. Don't trust your own heart, the Bible says. Trust in Christ Trust in his word. And then tonight, for those of us who are saved, you know, I just sit there at my kitchen table and I said, God, 
Can anybody commit their trust to me? God, can you commit the trust of the gospel to me? Paul said he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. I want to say tonight, we need some men whom God can commit the trust of the gospel to. Who God can count faithful. Could God trust you with the gospel? Could he trust you pastoring the church? Could he trust you with the lives of people? Could he trust you to be faithful, to not add and detract and twist the word of God to your denominational structure? Could he trust you to preach the whole counsel of God? Would you pray with me tonight? God, do a work in my heart that I will be a Christian that can be trusted. I'm going to say to you before I pray tonight, a man not long ago told me, he said, Reggie, I just learned a long time ago I don't trust preachers. Isn't that sad? I don't trust preachers. Father in heaven, first of all, Lord, I want to ask you to forgive me for the sin of not being trustworthy. For the sin of being treacherous to you. My spouse and my children, the people of this church, For, Lord, I have not always been trustworthy. But, God, tonight as I read your word and the Holy Spirit pricks my heart. And I thought how valuable Paul counted it that that you committed the trust of the gospel to him. And what a treasure that was. God, I pray tonight that we'll be a people that can be trusted. That people can trust us to tell the truth, to be honest. Trust us in business dealings. Trust us in marriage. Trust us in behavior. That we'll do right if nobody's around. God, I just ask you tonight, take this simple little thought and do something in us. Please, Lord, don't let us leave here unchanged. Holy Spirit, work in us and make us a people that can be trusted. As our heads are bowed tonight and our eyes are closed, I'd just just like to know tonight, are you like me challenged by this? Has the Holy Spirit dealt with you too? Oh, God, make me a person that can be trusted. If you prayed and said, Lord, help me. Help me to be a person of trust. Do something in me by your Spirit. It's not something we jimmy up in human character. It's the work of the Spirit of God. But you prayed, Lord, and you say in your heart tonight, Reg, I just, I'm with you on this. God, help me to be a person that can be trusted. Would you slip your hand up and just say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me be a man of trust, a woman of trust. Father, we thank you for these people tonight who have had open hearts to your word. And I know, Lord, this hasn't been a jumping up and down and shouting and hollering message. But, Lord, you, I know still water runs deeper sometimes. Sometimes we need these still services. And, Lord, I pray 
that in the coming days that this will stay on our minds and our hearts. It'll become part of who we are for your glory's sake. And God, I pray, help this church to be faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ that you've committed to it. In his name I pray. Amen.